Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I met Raven Gill in March 2020 at the Equality and Justice Alliance convening in St. Lucia, just before our countries went into their respective lockdowns. We became fast friends. She is an outspoken and forthright activist who does essential and life-sustaining work with trans and non-binary Bayesians through the civil society organization she founded, Butterfly Barbados. In our conversation today, we explore how she and the communities she fights for have navigated the challenges of COVID-19 the toll the weight of responsibility has taken on her over the past two years, and how the positive image Barbados has earned on the global stage recently obscures some harsher realities for trans and non-binary Bayesians. She shares her personal reckonings, including learning what she needs from her friendships, the chosen family she has gathered around her, and what, or rather who, Ooh. is bringing her joy. I'm Josh River. <laughs> so I'm already laughing at that. I'm Josh Rivers, and I'm busy being black with Raven Gill. Raven, thank you so much for being here. It's so good to, to see your face and hear your voice. How's your heart? Um, well, thanks for having me. Uh, my heart is scattered. Um, happy for the most part, a little confused with everything going on with the pandemic and relationships have become positive boundaries. I love that. Relationships have become positive because of boundaries. Say more. Um, so I recently broke up with a friend um, since 2013. We were friends and I found that they were not so great in terms of being a friend. I, I, I think they mainly just like the word reciprocate, but the, they didn't reciprocate as well in the friendship. And it was always very one-sided. It was always they wanted something and they needed help. And 
all of their burdens, they would come to me, which is, I guess, fine in the sense of friendship because you tend to help your friends go through the things that they're going through. But there were times when not necessarily was going through something bad, but like an achievement. Um, Butterfly had recently started to partner with the University of the West Indies here. And that friend was completely uninterested in the conversation, glossed it over and went straight back to their drama. So it was very hurtful because it was a big thing for me and they weren't interested. So I ended the the friendship a couple days after their birthday in December. <laughs> like, you remember your birthday? Remember, we're no longer friends. So yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that you've gone through that, but also, you know, congratulations for choosing yourself and for making that decision about what you deserve, mm-hmm. right? I think it seems to me that over the course of the past two years in particular, I know my, my personal experience with my best friend, it's become so much more intense and also intimate and in that the as the world has changed around us, we've all kind of had this opportunity to perhaps reevaluate what it is we actually need from the people in our lives and whether or not they can meet us where we are and whether or not we can meet them where they are. And so this seems like, like that, right? Like this, this kind of reckoning with, with what you need and what you deserve. Yeah, because I find, well, for me specifically as a Black trans woman living in the Caribbean, Barbados specifically, it's still kind of niche as opposed to the US or Canada, the UK, where trans is more widely known it's still a sort of a phenomenon here and finding people that genuinely want to be your friend or appreciate you as a person and then going through the identity. I'm a, I'm a woman, uh, a, a girl, um, not associating with your past self, the dead name, the, the gender, the, sorry, the genitalia that you may have had if you had surgeries or not. So it's like, Finding a friend that genuinely cares about you and not all the things that you are are intersect at. Black, trans, tall, LGBT community, it seems a bit heavy. Mm. And then again, when when it was it was 2020, approaching 2020, um, I decided to, to cut off everybody. And, and really figure out who were my main, my tribe, like my main go-to support system. And right now that is um, two, two, two people, two people. Um, I'm the same, I'm the same. I've got two people. <laughs> it's enough. It's so much work, <laughs> you know, like investing in people really takes a lot of work. <laughs> then one, um, my best friend of, years she has two 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 children one is 16 and the other is um five and yeah the the five-year-old my godson he is with me most of the time because she works at, at a hotel so it's like sometimes from 6 a.m he's here jumping in my bed and then sometimes 11 30 at night i'm now handing him back over to her and he's already sleeping and and the other person is um, one of my non-binary counterparts. We befriended each other on Facebook because they um they cursed me on Facebook and said 
um, I know what you look like before. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> so we became friends over that. And it's been a great friendship ever since. Um, and yeah, and then, then, then my adopted, my chosen family, like I have two, two boy children and they're, they're both 22, both Sagittarius born in December, days apart, calories in my spirit. <laughs> but I don't consider them, I don't consider them to be my circle because like, they live with me. But um, yeah, just those two main friends and that's about it. Mm, sometimes it's all we need. You and I met in St. Lucia in 2020, in March of 2020, just before the onset of the global pandemic. And we were there yeah. as part of the Equality and Justice Alliance convening, which brought together organizations working from across the Caribbean um, at mm -hmm. the intersection of uh, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, and anti-discrimination. And I remember being in the airport, um, this is, you know, 19th or 20th of March, just before the kind of our respective countries went into lockdown um, and thinking how unreal this entire situation was. Um, what have the past two years been like for you personally as you've navigated the challenges um, that COVID-19 has brought with it? I hate I call it the pantser salmon. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the pan salmon, the pandemic. The pan salmon. salmon. <laughs> mm -hmm. So many other things, panoramic, panasonic, all yeah. kinds of things, but it's been terrible because I'm used to traveling again, like where we met up so often for conferences. Um meetings, convenings. So this is almost three years I've not traveled and it's hell because I don't get to meet people as lovely as you. But um, personally, the pandemic, I developed, um, well not developed, I, I, I suffer from depression as a child just just mildly randomly here and there but now the pandemic has definitely brought that back up for me heavily and it's even worse for the for the rest of the trans community because I'll, I'll quite there was a few of them that heavily depended on sex work that everything was locked down and then there was no they couldn't go outside they couldn't do sex work. So everybody was depending on me to provide, about a face to provide for the community. And it was hard because we weren't getting funding like um, MSM or gay-led civil society organizations. So it was like, I had to, luckily I have my family support. I always did. So it was never a problem having um, family support, but um, my family helped me initially. We went to the supermarket for ourselves picked up extra stuff that we could put into care packages for people. Um, so that was one thing. Um, the community heavily depending on me to, to provide for them. And I think that thing was like a lot of self introspection. Um, like looking at all these things that I thought I had under control for myself there was so much time to think and rethink and play out and 
redo. Um, I, I took my vision board and I went to clean and I started to, to look at the way that certain interactions, personal and professionally that I've had that could have gone better, that I could still improve upon. So it, it was a lot of overthinking, Virgo, in me. I was overthinking everything and it was not helping. And it was so bad because there was a point where I became almost bedridden like I couldn't do anything at all and I had to stop thinking about myself and thinking about community and other people the pandemic is still going on and it's so bad it is terrible um yeah I feel like I'm rambling there, there, it's no so you're not much. at all I, I I'm curious about how you're coming through that, particularly as it relates to, you know, the, this desire you have to be of service to other people and this kind of responsibility that you shoulder for the well-being of other trans, trans and non-binary people in Barbados. Is there something that's helping you kind of shoulder that weight or carry that crown um, a little better now, two years on? Um, to be honest, it's the same, the same two friends, like sometimes I would randomly call or send a seven minute voice note and, and title incoming with the, um, the screaming emoji. <laughs> so it was, it was those moments where they would say, okay, take, take a step back, regroup, whatever, because growing up, I was bullied by the LGBT community, me and a few other people that I, I was in a close circle with. And they always said that I was um, posh, I was stuck up, I lived in my own bubble. So coming full circle now to helping the same community, like some of them that still live here, that tormented me in my early teens, it was, it was definitely... Um, awkward because some people PLHIV practically homeless uh, for listeners PLHIV is people living with HIV for people living with HIV and me having access and throughout the, the lockdowns I had a pass so I could maneuver outside of the times where people were supposed to be in their house and I had to go to the clinic get medication get food hampers get cash to give them a stipend to travel on their own during the day when they needed to. So it was hard. And I think for me, knowing that there was, there was no other person that could do it. I was already in activism because of a, a, a personal experience that happened to me where I was um, arrested wrongfully and charged for disturbing the peace a couple of the three days, two days before my birthday. And then I was in the paper on my birthday. So coming from that to helping the community still is a bit triggering because putting, putting, putting my personal stuff aside, there's no, there's not much other people here that are trans and that are willing to help the community. Mm. I have the resources or network to do that because 
MSM-led CSOs, for the most part, focus on MSMs, gay men. And, and for listeners serve, who don't know, MSM is men who have sex with men. And they um, focus mainly on providing services centered around um, sexual reproductive health. So that wasn't enough for the trans and non-binary people specifically. Yes, it's an important factor, but not the main thing that we needed throughout the pandemic. Yeah, because the work of Butterfly kind of is, uh, you know, you you work with um, family planning, the housing association, you know, you kind of take a, what I would consider an intersectional approach to, or a more holistic approach to ensuring that the kind of various um, you know, challenges or barriers that trans people face in Barbados are kind of meaningfully met. Can you talk more about what those what those challenges are and, and how Butterfly and how you, you know, intervene, maybe at a systemic level, because you've spoken now about what you, you know, the, the work that you do personally to ensure people are, uh, are supported, but how does Butterfly work at a systemic level to kind of redress some of these disparities? Uh, so, a little backstory, Butterfly was founded out of a focus group that was, um, I was a part of the same MSM-led organization, um, Equals, and they would host focus groups on certain nights for the community in general, but there were still some people that were trans or not, that didn't even know their gender identity that were there, and you would see them kind of going into a shell because it was talking about, again, men who have sex with men and, and condoms and nothing else outside of sexual reproductive health. So a few nights a week, I would have my own focus group. Just, and those persons that I saw that were a little more reserved, I invited them specifically. And they were much more lively, much more interactive. So then that was in 2017. And then Butterfly was legally registered as a civil society organization in October 2019. And from them, our work, our main focus has been to create awareness about being transgender and non-binary in Barbados, specifically championing mental health, intersecting at um, healthcare, education, social services. So we work in trying to get um, persons that have been put out are not having the best situation with their family into welfare housing, um, food, food checks, um, education, working with the, the um, university to write or to restructure the curriculum to include transgender healthcare so that when doctors now are coming out of school, it's a part of the material that they need to do to graduate. So it's not just whoa, now. Whoa, whoa, oh that's God, huge. Yes, um, <laughs> that is very, very, very proud. Thank you. Very, very proud of that. Um, it's still currently an ongoing something. Um, I've spoken to about three graduating classes already. And for the most part, the response is great. The, the um, head of the um, psychiatry um, clerkship, that he often asks me to, to come on Zoom and speak. And they're trying to do in-person things with COVID still. Um, and with the Barbados Family Planning Association, we've had a great relationship where they provide um, 
gender affirming services, HRT, um, psychosocial help, counseling. Um, and the, the partnership has definitely grown to where now the their well, this is not me, but their um, intake form, the, the medical record, it has male, female, trans, male, trans, female, other. And you, uh, you, if you don't have your name legally changed, you don't even have to have that on the form. You can tell them your preferred name and they will write it. And anytime you go, they refer to you as that. Not necessarily that you need to show documentation to say that your name is Bob Jones. If you say your name is Susan Sarandon, they put Susan Sarandon when you say that. <laughs> right. You are. Uh, and so, yeah. the, just so I'm clear, the, the Family Planning Association, that's not a governmental institution. Is it a civil society organization? Um, no, that's a private um, health care provider. Okay, fine. Yeah, because I was just um, in my head trying to do the. Similar to Planned Parenthood in the US. Fine, it's, okay. Yeah. So, that is what Butterfly mainly focuses on, as well as um, currently trying to get the new protections in the legislation as Barbados has just become a republic. Yay! Great <laughs> um, for listeners right, raising so. his rolls her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to get um, the new stuff written in with the charter so that we have protection because they changed things and we've been in talks with um, the Republican committee about changing stuff. And when you, when you speak to these people, a, a, a priest or reverend, whoever, other people that they've been picked, like 13 plus people, you're telling them, I need to have the Vital Statistics Act change to reflect trans identities. It's something that the UK left their colonial stamp here and it impedes my, my journey in having my gender marker change from male to female. And with that, it stops me from getting a job. It stops me from accessing comprehensive health care. It stops me from getting a higher level of education. And they're saying, oh, we, we didn't know all these things. And two hours later in a Zoom meeting, they record the information and then you don't hear back from them from since the end of October, right. February now. So there's so, this, so if I'm understanding the kind of landscape um, of, of, of your work and, and how you're advancing the work that you do in, in support of trans and non-binary people in Barbados. There's kind of the private slash, you know, uh, education sectors, which are much more responsive and perhaps um, adaptable, right, to interventions from Butterfly Barbados. And then you're kind of coming yeah. up against a bit more bureaucracy and feet dragging um, at the political level. Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, we had a, there was a project, just so well, it's a, it's a redo ongoing, a continuation. And this project specifically was to create um, banners and signage to say very basic, basic stuff, transgender people that exist in Barbados and butterflies, um, social media handles and stuff, the website and other things like gender affirming care provided by the Barbados Fund Planning Association. Um, the, the, the only agenda is to have um, 
the same accesses that non-LGBT people have. And we needed permission from two government offices to have these the structures erected to put the banners on and no response, emails, nothing. When we called and said, oh, well, because before we could just get away with saying, oh, we're a human rights organization. We just want to put up some signs. They caught on to that. I was like, what part of human rights are you talking about specifically? Oh. From the time you say a transgender, bell tone. From the time you say you want to put up a, um, a message about equality, we'll call you back, no response. And they see your number calling and they don't answer. It's COVID, so you can't just show up at the offices anymore. So yeah, we've had a bit of definite pushback from the, the, the government. Well, this is interesting. And one of the things I wanted to speak to you about in this conversation, you know, Prime Minister Mia Motley has made quite a name for herself um, on the global stage. And, you know, there are suggestions in, in public in speeches that she's made and addresses that she's made, not only to Bayesians, but, you know, to uh, the world watching about affirming, you know, same gender marriages, about LGBTQ rights and equality, about this kind of drawing up of a, of a new constitution. Is, is that what you're experiencing? Are you experiencing, it doesn't sound like you are, but are you experiencing a kind of a progressive step forward for LGBTQ people and specifically trans people in Barbados? No. Right. In September 2020, the Legislation Employment Act um, included sexual orientation, but it did not have gender identity or gender specifically. So again, trans people cannot be employed publicly without being harassed. And if they're employed, it's at the employer's discretion to address them as their preferred pronouns, titles, names, whatever. Or if they do go to work, they'll be addressed as the gender that they do not want and the the level of harassments and complaints won't be taken seriously because the legislation doesn't cover gender identity or expression or any of those things. With regards to the um, current prime minister, um, Mia Motley speaks really well and definitely commands attention. The problem is I find it can be disingenuous. It's very vague sometimes. The wording is loosely, we are not um, discriminatory in any way. We welcome, but then it's not specifically, we know that we have our LGBT counterparts here. And, and the alleged assumption that she is secretly a part of the community, I don't care nothing to do with me, doesn't help the, the community, um, the, the movement, the progress of the community. However, she still doesn't say, we know we have our LGBT persons here. We know the disparities that they're facing and, and slowly working towards inclusivity for these people. They often speak about the disabled community, they talk about women and girls, all the marginalized groups except the LGBT. 
Right. Or if it is, because uh, the, the same the same sex civil union thing was a big talk, but it still does not cover trans people. Busy Being Black returns in just a moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Josh Rivers, and this is Busy Being Black. I'm in conversation with community organizer and activist Raven Gill. She is the founder of Butterfly Barbados, a civil society organization working in support of trans and non-binary Bayesians. It seemed to me in, you know, reading about this before our conversation, that this kind of same gender, uh, partnership, marriage, civil unions, what have you. Um, and, you know, just for those listening and for you, I use same gender versus same sex to be a bit more, um, you know, to be a bit more inclusive. But, you know, the, the, this kind of conversation around same gender partnerships was really fueled from kind of external sources outside Barbados, right? Because of the publication of um, the definition of a spouse being man and woman as part of Barbados's um, a work, a remote working scheme, which launched. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that kind of, because you mentioned earlier about, you know, um, MSM, civil society organizations kind of getting a large, most of the funding um, and about being part of these groups where the focus was so much on the particular needs of, of men who have sex with men. And then you've got this situation with the same gender partnerships and civil unions being really influenced from um, LGBT organizations from outside of Barbados. I mean, is this kind of the, the, the landscape, the CSO landscape, and it, this influence coming from external organizations and countries influencing what you're able or impacting what you're able to do um, on the ground in Barbados? So, so yes, I would say the outside influence is definitely noticeable, but it's not the main driving factor because the world is spinning and we still need to, to come about with the rest of the world. It needs to balance, but we're still behind on so many things that then the trans and urban community specifically heard about the same sex civil unions. They did not care. It did nothing to benefit us at all. Again, it focused on the gay men and the lesbians. Maybe the bisexual people, if they had a stake in the claim, not us. We don't care about um, being legally recognized with our partner half of the time. Our partners don't even recognize us <laughs> to begin right. with. So again, the main focus for us is finding access to jobs, um, security, healthcare, but our own push for things, again, comes from community assessment needs. Like, we need a, a, a space for our own that we don't particularly share with gay men or lesbians because the, the long-stemming tension and disgust for us is still there. We see on social media, we hear it um, in conversations locally, 
um, at parties, at, at gatherings, it's still the disgust or the, the, the lack of acceptance for trans and non-binary people specifically. And we really talk about non-binary people not as much as we should because it's not easy to see them. Right. There's not a specific way that a non-binary person looks. Non-binary people look like cis people. But trans specifically and trans women can be pointed out or found easily. There is so many, so many things that trans women are praised for. Which, which annoys me. Oh my God, you're so brave for living like this. Brave what? Ow. Right. So dumb. <laughs> but um, with regard to the, the movement, there's some external things that I wish that we could adopt and move with a little further. Like how you're seeing conversion therapy banned more frequently in other countries around the world. Unknowing to a lot of people, conversion therapy still happens in Barbados. Mm. Maybe it's not as wide spoken like, like other things, but it happens. And specifically with the church, my son is a little, little too soft, little too fruity, little too feminine. Take him to church every Sunday find a little girlfriend at church um and then there are even there are even times when parents put their their children to have sex with they, they put their boyfriends to have sex with, with girls or women to straighten them up all of those conversion therapy that therapy tactics still happen here but again it's kind of normal because as soon as a, a man is a little too soft, oh, the right the vagina will make him straight. Mm. So those are the things that happen here. I wish like we could um certain things like the buggery law that has been repealed and struck down off of legislation around a lot of Caribbean countries and around the world is still a big thing here. Recently in the um, the paper, I think it was like last week or week before, the, the CCJ Caribbean Court of Justice ruled that um, a man can be raped in Barbados and they put, put it back on the legislature. And I was like, why wouldn't you think a man can be raped? That's so dumb. But then is, is the dichotomy between that and like the Bungary Law and still um, yeah, interesting. And, and, and how, and how that, and what the function of that addition is, right? So it's, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful protection in, in theory, right? And a wonderful recognition that um, a man can experience um, sexual violence. But I imagine it can also be used in another way, too, as almost kind of a, 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 a weapon. Yeah. Embarrassing. Right. And it is because from the time the article went live on social media, straight into the comments, I went, gay agenda. Right. So I was like, this this does not make sense. And the, the sad part is 
for the most part, education was or is somewhat free here. And education and common sense do not go hand in hand because the type of things that you see in the comments really shows the level of literacy lacking with regard to basic understanding. When you say these things to the um, non-LGBT persons, if you reply in the comments, they go searching and trying to find all the things that they can tell you under the sun. And I'm like, yeah, I said what I said, and you're still an idiot. Yeah. I mean, we have that here in the UK as well, right? That, you know, one, I tell everyone who listen that the average reading age in the UK is nine. It's only nine years old. Um, and But, you know, social media does do a really wonderful job <laughs> of revealing what a nation thinks, right? And I think sometimes it is a very vocal minority who um, uh, are the loudest and the most annoying. But, you know, sometimes what we're seeing on social media is also supported by polls, right? By what people are um, saying about what they believe, you know, when asked. Um, mm -hmm. And so there is this divide between who a nation says they are, i.e. Prime Minister Motley saying that we, we are a country that doesn't discriminate, all are welcome here, all should be able to breathe, I think was her quote, um, and the kind of actual lived experience and reality of those on the ground who face actually the most discrimination. And then you point out these things to anybody in the comments who would listen, is it, where is the proof? Where is the proof? There, there, there is proof, but how much proof do you want? There's never enough proof. We know that. <laughs> never enough, especially with the, the, the lack of the police presence, specifically for assault with women, and that also includes trans women. The sex workers operate literally three minutes walk from the central police station. And they are not taken seriously when they come in. They are saying they've been attacked, robbed, assaulted. The police do nothing to help them. And I am a bit terrified to see what is going to happen with the new republic um, in terms of the, the new legislation that is about to unfold with protection and um, consequences specifically for the police because the police have been at the hand of many assaults for years and they do not do anything. The justice system everywhere, but here specifically can speak for is so chopped and screwed. There's no way that you can say if I'm attacked by a police or anybody and they go and make a complaint and they go to court that I will get satisfaction to my level of comfort, but within the, the confines of the law, they get what they deserve. Mm. There's no, it's a gray area. You know, what's interesting about that is obviously the police um, are also a colonial relic, right? And are also this institution that was um, imported into Barbados, um, along with all these kind of anti-LGBTQ laws and these kind of social mores and attitudes. And the connection I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is that, I don't know if you, if you saw, but maybe a month or two ago here in the UK, um, it's February now, so January, there was um, a, a law put forth in the, House of, the Houses of Parliament to actually get police to participate in helpful ways in investigations. 
right I saw you post that yeah like it, was like it wasn't it's it's yeah it's not already part job? of the police's job job description to help to be a helpful um point uh, a helpful cog in the so-called justice system so i'm not surprised to hear that you know that the police force in barbados is is much the same yeah and when the police brutality rates have gone up um when they, the 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 motto for the police here is to protect serve and reassure they're protecting themselves serving themselves and reassuring nobody mm. Because when they talk about body cams and the whole George Floyd era, when that flux was happening, people were talking about the police brutality here and they were saying that they should have body cams here. And there was a brief discussion about having body cams on police and they immediately said they don't want it. When you saw that there have been, been a few deaths up to last year with people being killed in police custody Nobody supposed can get in the cells, but these people are hanging themselves, are bleeding out, and the police don't answer to anyone at all. Mm. So yeah, sick of Barbados. Mm, shouldn't say that. Mm. You know, many of the people I speak to here in England are sick of England. Right. And mm -hmm. I don't know, there seems to me to be certainly in, in my recent memory, I haven't felt this kind of collective disgust with the government and with society at large. Right. Like everyone I know is kind of disgusted and upset and angry. And, it, you know, I, there's kind of a very tenuous, very tepid optimism right that at some point the system will come crashing down i don't know like it feels like that that anger might be welling up just enough for something dramatic and necessary to happen is that is that a sentiment you share in barbados no okay. i don't <laughs> <laughs> i think the i think the, the new government led by Mia Motley would have to collapse totally and I don't know hell open up for, for that collapse that you're talking about to happen here because as much as people have the disgust and, and are voicing their disgust publicly uh, on social media in um, institutions when they go to the bank or the supermarket there's not enough unity to boycott the major supermarket, spend with local mini marts. There's not any to stop um, the commercial banks, go with credit unions. There's not enough unity to say, open back the schools, we need our children to have the level of education online school is failing. There, there's only so much chatter, but there's not enough action ferocity behind to push the action to get where it needs to. And, and maybe, I think, yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's what I'm tepidly hopeful about is actually this, mm -hmm. as, as a unity that maybe we might be coming together versus the collapse of the system as we know it. Cause I think that's such a, a long mm -hmm. way off, but that's a really good, that's a really important insight that we're lacking the unity. Yeah. And, and 
uh, one of my um, <laughs> favorite YouTubers, Jessie Wu, she always says, we will never be free. <laughs> and I just think about that because people say, oh, slavery is over. But I was like, no, mental slavery still exists because there's so many things that the government, both parties have done to us over the years. We still vote for them. We still are hopeful that the next time we get them in, they'll do more. And the next time we get rid of somebody else, so they won't come back. And the cycle just continues. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they think doing things over and over and over will garner any change. There's nothing that can be done. It's the same cycle. And we, we, we will always lack unity. There will always be a divide because socioeconomic status, level of education, the color of your skin, um, the texture of your hair, how well you speak. There's so many things that cut us off at the kneecaps that we still cannot get together for small things. Gas has been at $4 for the past, from the time the pandemic hit, and, and one person was trying to do this strike and they were boycott the gas stations and only only spend $4 in gas. No, that doesn't make sense. Mm. And all of that hoopla, he got a lot of praise on social media for him to then be working with the same government that he was supposed to be boycotting for right. the $4. Right. So... It, it benefits people to be lone rangers instead of unifying the community. Yes, because lone lone rangers can be um, can be brought into the structure, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot of this talk happening on Black Twitter at the minute. I'm sure you've seen it about you know this this reliance that we've historically had and continue to have on kind of singular leaders. And which is probably mm-hmm. links to that pressure that you felt, you know, over the past couple of years in particular, that there should be more than one person, there should be more than one organization um, doing all of this work. And that this reliance upon, and that the kind of, um, you know, the kind of exaltation, if you will, of these kind of, or the the iconizing, I don't know what the right word is for that, of individual people over a more collective approach is, is part of mm-hmm. the problem. It, it stunts progress. Progress, oh, I don't want to be negative, Nancy, but progress seems to be stagnant. There seems to be so many things that stop progress. And the, I don't even want to say level of education because people, Weed, for example, there's a big thing happening with medical marijuana and the cannabis and all kinds of things. And majority of the population, I would think, most, I don't. So it's neither here nor there for me. But people's like, they want to get access to growing medical cannabis and whatever. But the licenses are upwards of $50,000. Wow. And that's just for the license, the processing fees to have a processing plant, $990,000. Right. So kind of so opening, 
Yeah, opening Barbados up to further colonialism. Because no, the average black man, even if he does well for himself, doesn't have that money for one year. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll never be free. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's an opportunity to emerge from negative Nancy, as you said. You know, so so much of black life as we see it, certainly, and I want to be specific, so much that we see here in the so-called West. Um, mm-hmm. Is, is one of black death and black trauma. And so I'm always trying to make space for black joy. What's bringing you joy? Who's bringing you joy? How are you, yeah, how are you being joyful? Um, a question feels kind of heavy now, specifically for me, like, um, I've been in a funk where doing activism has been almost painful. Um, Seeing the divide and all these kind of things, but knowing that you have to, because not really the whole thing about being a monolith, but if not me, who else? There's not not much trash with our interest in activism right now. So you try to hold on and you try to um, nurture and cultivate these these younger people, even if they're not specifically trans, could be non-binary, gender non-conforming, but still carry on championing the fight for the community. Um, but what brings me joy? Um, perfume shopping and Pandora. I love Pandora jewelry and, and stuff. And I just find... Um, oh, and, and, and alcohol, like I, I'm collecting alcohol. There's so okay. many on my, um, <laughs> so many on my little shelf. I, I'm collecting so many. I love that. But yes, um, uh, a new, a recent relationship and it's different from all of the others because one he's younger than me uh two he's taller than me i'm six feet tall he's six five huzzah yeah, <laughs> me. um i usually date men my complexion darker skin men he is he's what we call um <laughs> yellow <laughs> he's a bit darker than you but he's called him yellow man um <laughs> and he is educated. Uh, I usually go for the, the bad boy type. Um, a lot of trauma from childhood abandonment and all kind of things and lady fix it. <laughs> right, right. Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Project Polly. But um, he, he, he's soft-spoken and he's knowledgeable and it's interesting because we do simple things um talk about books and um certain types of movies he has an affinity for horrors I don't like horrors but I would I would tolerate it um and 
he's the well, first in a while to like contribute. He bought me this ring and yeah, this is a pretty penny. And I don't know, like like talking about him, I feel like I'm just smiling like a like a Cheshire cat. You are, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel but valued. It's nice. It's it's definitely nice. And do you feel valued? I do. I do. Um, he he often consults me on things. And if my my opinion or my output varies from his, what he initially wanted to do, he'd be like, so so tell me what you think this. And we have a conversation. Conversation, not a debate, an argument. I'm accustomed to arguing. So <laughs> and then he may change or he may stick to, or then he may try to incorporate both points of view, try to incorporate both points of view. And um, yeah, so it's nice. Well, now I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, We're almost out of time. And, you know, from listening to the show, that to close, I ask all of my guests, the same question, what do you hope for? Um, I'm hoping for a lot. I'm hoping for, um, I'll do my, my, my best Miss Universe. Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> I would like world peace and to end war. And anyhow, really, I would like <laughs> um, unity and A little more compassion from from people being kind and understanding. I'm hoping for a little more respect. I'm hoping for a lot more love for everybody that I encounter, for people that don't necessarily understand the trans movement but are willing to be respectful even if from a distance um yeah hoping that everybody can 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 find a reason to smile even if it is painful raven gill is an activist and organizer working to advance the human rights of trans and non-binary people in barbados through the civil society organization she founded butterfly barbados She works with the Barbados Family Planning Association, the University of the West Indies, the Ministry of Health, and with organizations regionally and internationally in order to address and redress the erasure of issues impacting trans people. Barbados is one of 54 countries in the Commonwealth, many of which still have colonial-era laws in their books that enable the discrimination against and persecution of LGBTQ people. And Butterfly Barbados is a member of the Commonwealth Equality Network, a network of 60-plus organizations working to uphold the human rights of LGBTQ people across the Commonwealth. UK-based charity Kaleidoscope Trust is host to the network's Secretariat. Kaleidoscope Trust believes the UK has an important role to play in redressing colonial-era wrongs and works with partner organizations like Butterfly Barbados right across the Commonwealth to provide funding for programs to both sustain and liberate LGBTQ people. You can find links to donate to Butterfly Barbados and Kaleidoscope Trust in the show notes.
Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer Black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride, Blackout UK, The Tenth, Schools Out, and to you, the listeners. Your support of Busy Being Black means the world. Please do rate and review the show and tell others. The more you do, the more people like us get to hear the stories and voices amplified here. And finally, thank you to my friend and co-conspirator Lazarus Lynch, a musician and culinary extraordinaire based in New York City, for creating Busy Being Black's triumphant and ancestral theme music. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.